Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today, which means you might hear two hosts. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy B. Wilson, and it's November 19th. Indira Gandhi was born on this day in 1917. She is, as of this recording, the only woman to be Prime Minister of India. Her father, Jawaharlal Nehru, was India's first Prime Minister, serving from 1947 to 1964. She got a very prestigious education, and as a young woman was part of India's struggle for independence from Britain, so was her father, so were many other people in their family. She joined the Congress Party in 1938, and then she married her husband, Feroz Gandhi, on March 26th of 1942. He was also a member of the Congress Party. They would go on to have two children. Indira Gandhi held a lot of political offices in India, and then when her father became the prime minister, she acted as his hostess. This was a role that often would be filled by the prime minister's spouse, but Indira Gandhi's mother died of tuberculosis in 1936, so she became the person who acted as his host and was often his companion when he traveled. Also, after her father became prime minister, she became part of the Congress Party's working committee. In 1964, her father's successor named her the Minister of Information and Broadcasting, and then he died in office in 1966. That's when Indira Gandhi became the leader of the Congress Party, which also made her the prime minister. 
she had been placed in this position through a compromise between different factions within the Congress party, but at the same time, her leadership was immediately and frequently challenged. She served three consecutive terms, though, holding other roles during that time, which included being the Minister of Atomic Energy and leading the Ministry of External Affairs and the Ministry of Home Affairs at various points. Her first terms in office were really contentious and marked with a lot of infighting within her political party, including a spinoff into an entirely new party known as the New Congress Party. And this time was also marked with a lot of strife on the Indian subcontinent. But at the same time, Gandhi's early tenure as prime minister also had its share of successes, including a program that made the country more self-sufficient in terms of its food production. There were also a lot of very popular social welfare programs that were rolled out. In 1971, Gandhi also supported East Pakistan in its effort to separate from West Pakistan, becoming the independent nation of Bangladesh. This included taking in Pakistani refugees, as well as supplying troops and arms and eventually invading Pakistan. After the 1971 election, though, she was charged with breaking election law. And after a court ruled against her, she was supposed to resign her post and then not run for office again for a period of six years. Instead, though, she declared a state of emergency and imprisoned her political opponents as well as political dissidents. She implemented a number of widely unpopular measures, including a mass sterilization program that was an attempt at population control. This period is called the emergency, and it's also nicknamed the Reign of Terror. There was heavy resistance to all of this, but the state of emergency went on for 21 months When a new election was finally held in 1977, at which point she was pretty confident that the new Congress party would win again, the party was instead massively defeated. Gandhi once again formed another political party, this time called Congress I with the I for Indira in parentheses. And this party started gaining power in parliament before winning a wide majority in 1980, which put Gandhi back into the role of prime minister. Her son, Sanjay, who she had been grooming as her successor, had a seat in Parliament as well and was one of her advisors, but he died in a plane crash that June. This term as prime minister was once again really tumultuous. There were some Indian states that were looking for autonomy, and there was also an increasing separatist movement among Sikhs who wanted a Sikh state to be established In 1982, Gandhi ordered the Indian army to attack a large number of Sikh separatists who had occupied a temple complex that was one of the most important religious sites in Sikhism. Hundreds of Sikhs were killed in this attack. And then two years later, on October 31st of 1984, Gandhi was assassinated by two Sikh bodyguards in retaliation for what had happened in 1982. Her surviving son succeeded her, but in the aftermath of this assassination, there was widespread anti-Sikh rioting in which thousands were killed over the span of four days. Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis for his research on today's episode and to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on the show. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And you can tune in tomorrow for an infamous whaling ship. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. 
In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll board it! Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi again, everyone. I'm Eves, and you're listening to This Day in History class, where instead of going back to the future, we go back to the past. The day was November 19, 1969. Brazilian soccer player Pelé scored his 1,000th goal in a game against Vasco da Gama at the Maracana Stadium in Rio de Janeiro. Pelé was his nickname. He was born Edson Arantes do Nascimento, and he grew up poor in the south of Brazil. By the time he was 15 years old, he was a professional athlete with the Santos Football Club. The Santos Football Club was successful with Pelé on the team. In 1958, not long after he signed professionally, he was called up to the Brazil national team. That year, Brazil won its first World Cup title, with Pelé as the star of the tournament. Brazil went on to win the World Cup in 1962 and 1970, with Pelé on the team. Pelé has been considered the only player to have won three World Cups, though he was injured for most of the 1962 tournament and sat out. The Brazilian government even declared him a national treasurer to keep him in Brazil. His scoring success had even led to opponents trying to throw him off or incapacitate him during matches, but he still scored an average of 77 goals per year. By 1969, he was getting close to a significant milestone, his thousandth goal. There were a few other soccer players who had scored a thousand goals before him, Franz Bender, Josef Bitsan, and Artur Friedenreich. Fans had been counting down since the previous month. He got to 993 goals in an October 15th match against Portuguesa Jujus Portos, then scored his next six goals against Coritiba, Flamengo, Santa Cruz, and Botafogo of Paraíba State. People were expecting him to score his thousandth goal in the Paraíba game after he scored his 999th with the penalty kick, but Pelé ended up having to take over as goalie for his sick teammate. People around the world were following his journey to his thousandth goal. A crowd of around 80,000 people gathered for Santos's November 19th match against Vasco da Gama, a Rio de Janeiro-based team. Pelé was 29 years old. It was his 909th first-class match. His opponents told him that he would not score against them that day. But he did. He scored his thousandth goal on a penalty kick. Balloons were released in celebration, fans ran out onto the field, and Pelé was given a shirt with the number 1,000 on the back. Pelé was substituted, and Santos went on to win the game 2-1. He had reached O Milesimo, or the thousandth. Throughout his career, he scored an average of a goal per game and netted nearly 1,300 goals. This number is debatable for some people, who dispute the inclusion of his goals in friendlies and tour games. Pelé retired from professional soccer permanently in 1977 and became a sports commentator. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Looking for content a little more sophisticated than cat memes in your feed? Connect with us on social media at T-D-I-H-C podcast. 
Or if you would prefer to email us, you can send us a message at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.